Hello and welcome to Reliance's podcast. We hope that the message encourages your heart today. If you'd like to join us in person, we meet weekly on Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. And if you want to find out more about Reliance, come check us out online. Like Darren said, my wife and I were missionaries. Um, we're currently based here, uh, but we've been, we were nomads for about four and a half years. We lived uh, in Texas and Kansas and in Missouri, and we took our kids to about 13-plus nations over a four-year period to just share the gospel, to equip the church to share the gospel and help start simple churches. Um, if you're like me and you like technology, there's a QR code on the next slide that you can sign up for our newsletter if you don't want to fill that out. I prefer QR codes personally, um, but some people like writing things out. And so you can um, put, do that. Either way is fine. And so I'm just excited to share with you guys. I love what God is doing here in this house and through Reliance and, and through the family here. And I love what God is doing all over the globe. I mean, he is invading planet Earth if we have eyes to see. Like, ignore the news. It's only telling you the, the bad things. It's not telling you how God is moving all over the earth and how he's moving in this city and how he wants to move through you. Because like Aaron said, Christ in you is the hope of glory. It's what we carry. Now, before I really jump into the message, because I'm, I'm really excited, because I, I just love hearing Kenny share, um, I, I want to give you some statistics. And one of the things I just want to state before we look at all these stats is what I love, too, about Reliance is they don't fit the stats I'm about to share. Um, but one of the things I want to tell you is there's over 8 billion people on planet Earth. That's a lot of people, right? You know, over 3.2 billion of them are unreached. I mean, they have little or no access to the gospel. That's why we need people like Kenny and Grace to go. That's why we need people in this house to say, I am going to agree with Acts 1-8. The Holy Spirit came upon me to be a witness in my backyard and in my nation and to the ends of the earth. Amen? Amen. Because about 155,000 people die every day without faith in Jesus. Guys, that grieves God's heart. That grieves his heart. He wants them to know him. Man, Americans spend more money on Halloween costumes for their pets than on reaching these 3.2 billion people. You guys okay if I walk around? Yeah. I like to move. Um, I'm kind of ADD, so I'm kinda, I think these guys understand. Uh, the, the next slide. <laughs> They're used to it. <laughs> Over 1%. Wait, let's go back to that, that stat. We'll get to that stuff later. But over 1% of those, of, of money worldwide from the church actually goes to reaching the unreached. But this house is changing that, and I believe others are going to change that as well. Only 1% of Christians in America will ever lead someone to Jesus. Guys, not on our watch. Not on our watch. We have an inheritance in Christ. And we have something to offer because he lives in us. And this world is just groaning for us to make ourselves known. Only 30% will ever share the gospel, but not here. That's what I love about this church. You guys are going on a men's ski trip, and you're going to share the gospel on that ski trip. You're not just going to, to ski, to fellowship, but to share the gospel. Do you know the leadership here believes in you? That's why they equip you. They believe in what the Holy Spirit is doing in each one of you. And they know you have a role to play in seeing the kingdom of God advance. And that's why I love Reliance. That's why 
these men of God and women of God that lead here are so amazing because they pray for you, they believe in you, and they want to release you to walk in everything God has created you to be. That's why they're doing all the equipping, because of what God has put in you to be released. So this is why my wife and I started an evangelism ministry, because we know those stats, and we're like, not on our watch. We are going to see the church change in our day. We are going after Gen Z. Why? Because they are the most unchurched generation in America, ever. But they're also the most connected through social media. Did you know that, that Gen Zers here in America are connecting with those in Europe? They're connecting with those in the Himalayas. They're connecting with those all over the world through things like TikTok and YouTube and Snapchat and all this stuff. The typical Gen Zer spends four plus hours on social media. So who's discipling them? We got to get on social media to be light. That's why I'm on TikTok. That's why I'm on YouTube. That's why I do those things because they need to hear truth. They need to encounter the love of God. And if they're not in the church, they're on there. And Jesus did some of his best work outside of the temple, outside of the synagogue. So that means we can do some of our best work outside these walls because he's in you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's in you, he's with you, he's for you, and he's for your neighbors. My, my family and I, we do this here and in the nations as we shared. Uh, the beginning of August, I was in Portugal, and I'm going to share some stories from there, but I went there to equip a bunch of young missionaries to share the gospel. And the end of, of the middle of November, we're going to go to Italy to equip a YWAM base and to equip a church in their identity and sharing the gospel. And so if you could be praying for us as we go in November, um, we would love your prayers and however God leads as well with that. But we just, our heart is to see people come alive in Christ, walk in their identity, and boldly share the gospel because it's something for everybody. Like gone are the days where there's a evangelist. It's now the days of the church advancing the kingdom, doing the work of evangelism. That is how we're going to see this world reached. You going to work and being a light. You going in your neighborhood and being a light because it's who God's created you to be. But evangelism starts when we live a John 15 life. It starts in the secret place. We have to get regular rhythms of connecting with Jesus, of getting in the word of prayer and worship, because we need to know who we are, and we need to know who our God is and what he's called us to be. It's in the secret place and getting those rhythms that you start recognizing his voice. It's in the secret place that you start recognizing who you are in Christ and what you really carry and how you're light. It's in the secret place that we learn to stop allowing intrusive thoughts to enter in, to stop dwelling on our past, and we begin to trade our guilt, our shame, our condemnation. We give that to Jesus and we put on Christ and his righteousness. It's in the secret place that you begin to realize that he who knew no sin became sin so we could become the righteousness of God. We don't strive to be righteous. We become righteous because of Christ. And what he's done, we recognize he's cleaned us. So why would we get dirty? We've been set apart for good works. 
according to Ephesians 2.10, that he actually created for us. But we have to understand who we are and what we're called to and run in our lane, but also understand that part of our identity is light. This is who we are. We are light, we're salt, we're meant to shine. And so I want to encourage you to, to get in the secret place, get alone with them, recognize that apart from Jesus, you can't do anything. I have nothing to offer anybody apart from him. Every time I share the gospel or, or I go up to a stranger and talk to them, I don't actually know what's going to happen. I can't tell you I have this method where you do this, you do this, you do this. I say, Lord, what are you doing? What are you speaking over this person? And because I understand that I've been set free in Christ, I understand his love for me, I understand that he's accepted me and that will never change, I can share with anybody and I don't care how they respond. In the sense it doesn't affect who I am in Christ. I want them to say yes to Jesus because I know what it can do in a person's life. Has God changed your life? Would you just raise your hand? Then you have something to offer somebody. What he's done in your life is important and amazing and needs to be shared. It needs to be shared. So I kind of got a little lost on my notes, but that, that's, that's, that's okay. Um, I know who I am, and that's what is important. Um, I just I want to make sure I hit, hit a couple things because my heart is for you guys to understand how easy it is to share Jesus. When you know who you are, when you know his heart is for the lost, as Pastor Aaron said, he said, we're not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God to bring salvation. So when you share the gospel, you release God's power to save. See, we don't save anybody. It's God that brings the increase. It's the Father that draws all men to himself. But he's giving us an invitation to walk in who he's actually made us to be, who he's called us to be. He's going after the lost. I, I want to take us to Luke 15. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Gospel of Luke. I, I love all of them. But Jesus tells three stories that all have a similar point. And when you see in Scripture something repeated three times, it means pay attention. I, I believe that God is actually revealing his heart through these stories. See, when we get intimate with the Lord, we begin to know his love for us, but we also begin to see his love for others. Because you can't know God's heart without knowing his heart for the lost. It's both and. It has to be both and. Because why did Jesus come? He came to seek and save the lost, right? And Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Guys, that's all of us. That's why the Great Commission at the very end of the Gospel of Matthew, he says that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him, so go. He said go, that means we got to go across the street. we got to go in the workplace. we got to go into our schools. And some of us are called to also go into the nations. It's, it's, not, it's a both and. Because he said when the Spirit of God comes upon us, that is promised, we would be a witness from here to the ends of the earth. So we want to be obedient to Jesus. Why? Because we love him. He said, if you love me, you'll obey me. This is one of the ways I show Jesus I love him is by my going. Because he's worth it. Can I get an amen? amen. 
You guys doing good? Yeah. All right. So let's look at John, Luke 15, and then I want to share some stories because um, I, I think they will encourage you guys. So in the first one, we're all very familiar with the beginning of Luke 15, right? The story of the lost sheep. How many of you guys know that story? All right, 100 sheep, right? One goes missing, and the shepherd goes after him. Do you recognize Jesus knows how many people are in the city? He knows how many people are with him and how many people are not. He actually cares. There are some numbers God cares about, but it's not the numbers we think. The numbers he cares about is who's with him and who's not, who's for him and who's against him. His desire, though, according to Ezekiel 18, is that the wicked would actually repent and live. It's not his desire to smite anybody, but his desire is that they would actually surrender to him. This is God's heart. He goes after the one that's lost. We see this in this passage right here. He talks about a woman who had 10 coins and she loses one. Sometimes when I lose things, I just get tired of looking. But not God. Not God. When he recognizes someone is missing, it says he diligently or carefully. That means he exudes effort. He has strategy. He does not stop looking until that person or people or group have been found. Guys, this is what we've been invited to because God wants to partner with us. He's, he's looking for those who are going to agree with his heart and say, God, I will partner with you. I'll go after my workplace. I'll go after my neighborhood. God, if you put a city or a nation or a state on, on my heart, I'm going to go after it because I'm agreeing with his heart. This is why sharing the gospel is easy because every time you do it, you're, he, you're releasing the power of God that brings salvation, but you're agreeing with his heart. And if you agree with his heart, then you have his favor and blessing on it. And what does he say that pleases him? Faith. He's not going to shame you when you step out in faith. He's actually going to honor you. He's going to honor you. Like I said, most of the time, I have no idea what's going to happen when I talk to people. But then when I go up to him, the Lord will show me something that allows them to see that God sees them and wants relationship with them. But I don't know, uh, I don't know that sometimes until I step up and say hello and let them know that, that God sees them. And then I get something, they're like, how did you know? And I'm like, well, because I've given my life to Jesus and his spirit lives in me and I start sharing the gospel and how God really, really, really is chasing after them. And so, so important that we recognize that this is his heart. In fact, one of the times we took a team to, to the DR and it was during COVID and we're in this neighborhood sharing the gospel and I see this guy on the roof, he's fixing something, doing something with with some pipes, and the Lord highlights them to me, and I start praying, like, God, bring him into the kingdom, and another student comes up to me and says, hey, do you see that man? I'm praying for him to receive Jesus, and before I know it, there's a whole group praying for this man to receive Jesus, and we share the gospel, and they give the invitation, and he didn't give his life to Jesus. Instantly, I heard in my heart, grab the mic and call him out. Why? Because God's been searching for him. So I grabbed the mic and through a translator said, sir, on the roof. God is come, wants a relationship with you. He's been pursuing you. It's time to stop running and surrender your life to him. God, the man just broke down in the middle of his job and starts crying. And he gave his life to Jesus. This is what we get to do. We just got to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, right? Because according to Romans 8, it says, those that are led by the Spirit are the children of God. So he just said to ask him, what are you doing? 
That's what Jesus said in John 4. He said, look, the harvest is ripe. But we have to have eyes to see. We have to have ears to hear. And a heart that's soft to the things of the Lord. And that happens in the secret place. Because we're also promised that if we meet with him in secret, he's going to reward us. And the reward is seeing him get his inheritance and playing a role in it. Like, this is one of the greatest joys that we get to be a part of is seeing people say yes to Jesus, seeing people encounter him, seeing people recognize that there is a God in the universe and actually knows their name. And you get to play a role in that. Because in the kingdom of God, nobody sits on the bench. Everyone gets to play. There's no bench warmers. This is for the whole body. Now, it's going to look different. You, you might be hearing some stories I share and think like, I'm not like that. Well, maybe you're not an extrovert. That's okay. If you're an introvert, you can do this too. It's just going to look different. You might not chase people down, but when people come to you, you have an opportunity to share. So like some of those, is I, I have these books, and we're going to uh, invite you guys to grab these books and go on outreach after the service to share Jesus with people. But these books talk about the life of Jesus. And so when I have a delivery guy come to the house, if I'm home, if I can talk to him, I hand him one of these. At one point, there was a season where um, someone gave me a bunch of $5 bills and, at, and said to put them in here. And so I would share John 3.16 with them and tell them, you know what John 3.16 means? It means that God loves and God gives. And he gave us his best, his son Jesus because he wants relationship with you. And there's a $5 bill in here to remind you that God always gives. And if they had time, I would share more of the gospel with them. But I was planting a seed. Or we go to a Walmart grocery store, right? You guys ever go there? That's where I first started praying over people. Like, I'd pray over people and see nothing happen for a long time. But eventually I started seeing Jesus heal people. So if you pray over people and don't see anything happen, don't give up. Like, we just got to press in. Why? Because we need to be people that actually agree with what the word of God says. It says that the kingdom of God, it's not talk, but it's power. Paul said, I didn't come with eloquent words, but a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and its power. There's been times, like one time in Brazil, we went to pray over a blind man. My wife put her hands on the guy's eyes. He did not get healed of blindness, but he said, I felt the love of God. I've never felt that before. He takes off this ring and says, this has to do with witchcraft. He threw it on the ground and said, I can't wear that anymore. I can't agree with that anymore. Blind eyes were open that day, but not in the way I expected. But what I do know is God shows up when we step out. So step out and see him show up and you get to be part of the story of what he wants to do in the city, in your workplace, in the nations, anywhere and everywhere you go. You are light. It's part of who you are and you get to shine. In fact, when you let people know who you are, God shows up. When we were in Portugal a couple weeks ago, we were in this Uber, which I love Ubers because it's 30 minutes of a, of a captive audience. So... You ask them questions. Like one of the guys I was talking to, everything he shared, I'm like, do you know that means you have God's favor on your life? And the guy kept laughing and at a certain point just said, can we talk about something else? <laughs> but this time we, we were looking for an Uber. It's like midnight. We had a late night of, of uh, evangelism and different stuff. And we had three Uber drivers cancel on us. And we're like, God, help us. We just want to go home. And five minutes later, an Uber driver picked us up, and this guy, it was very apparent, he was not, not a believer, not walking with Jesus at all. His talk was filthy. 
And about 10 minutes in the conversation, my friend Peter just cuts him off in the middle of the conversation. He says, my friend Josh here, he's a missionary. And no joke, as he says that, our Uber driver said, I just got goosebumps. Like, I feel like something entered the car. And Peter and I were like, the Holy Spirit just dropped in the car. And this man starts confessing his sin. And basically, he like says, like, I'm at the end. I'm done with this life. I don't know what to do. And so Peter and I start, I prayed for him. Peter and I start sharing Jesus with him. And then eventually, Peter's like, and I were like, let's see if he wants to give his life to Jesus. And he was like, yes. So he gave his life to Jesus. All we did was tell him who we are. Guys, sometimes that's enough. People just need to know you're connected to the one that can set them free. And that is enough. There's other times that God wants us to find people and pray over them and see them healed. In fact, there, there's a, a testimony video I have there. And as I said earlier, there was a long time I prayed over people and saw nothing. But I wasn't going to let that stop me because I know what the word of God says. And I want to agree with the word of God. And so we can show that video if it's ready. In Jesus' name. Yeah, you got healed. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus healed you. So all the pain is gone or just some of the pain? Yeah, I don't feel any pain. You want me to hold that or Thomas to hold yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you don't feel any pain. That's not the blood that Jesus does. He takes it away. That's amazing. amazing. Praise God. She's not walking with her cane anymore. Guys, this is what Jesus does. When we step out, like we literally just stepped out and found people and said, hey, do you know, you can be healed because Jesus is the healer and he lives in us. Guys, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So let's go after it. I mean, Satan's not messing around. He's going after our kids. He's going after our workplaces. He's going after everybody. We're told to stand firm. Your feet, what are, they, what are they covered with? The gospel of peace. But what are your feet supposed to do? They're supposed to move. You carry it, we're supposed to take it. And then we see God show up because he will never, ever leave us hanging when we agree with his heart, when we know who we are and what we carry. And the fact that you're light, everywhere you go, you push the darkness away. It's actually afraid of you because of who you are and what you carry. And so it's time for us to step out. It's time for us to say, God, you can use me. Lord, I will go to a Walmart and pray over people. Or I will, when I go to a restaurant, one of our favorite things to do is ask the Lord, can you give us something to encourage our waiter or waitress? And we have so many stories of God showing up or our kids interrupting us and saying, don't you know that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? And you're like, yeah, what they said. <laughs> do you have questions? No. <laughs> but we have an opportunity to be a part 
of what God's doing all over the earth. He's on that rescue mission. He is searching for people here, and he's asking us to join him. I mean, think about this. In 2 Peter 3, verses 8 through 9, it says that the Lord is not slow in coming, like some would think slowness would be. But he's actually waiting because his desire is that more people would come into the kingdom. His desire is that less people would perish. So did you know that we could actually be slowing his return if we don't share? If we don't tell people who we are and what God has done? This earth is groaning for you to make yourself known. This earth is groaning for the truth to be told and things to be made right. But that could only happen in Jesus. So I want to encourage you guys to step out in faith, to go after it. Um, to recognize that God is the one doing the work and that you have a story that's important. I real quick want to share with you guys how to share your story because we're running out of time. But there's three parts to your story. One is your life before you met Jesus, how you met Jesus, and your life now that you are with Jesus. You want to spend the most time on the second and third part because we don't want to glorify evil or glorify the wrong, but we want to glorify God and what he has done. But no one can refute your story. No matter what questions they have, they see what God's done in your life, and it's powerful. And it's effective when you share it. And it always leads back into the gospel. And so I want to take the next few minutes just to, to if you guys want to take a picture of that, do so. But then I, I want to train you guys, how do you share the gospel? And this, to me, is really important. I like to share it in the context of a story and the context of what are you wanting this person, like how are you wanting them to be discipled in the end? And when we keep the end goal in mind, it's easier to, to start in the beginning. And let's be honest, people like stories. Like most of you probably aren't going to remember my main points, but you'll remember stories. And so we want to share the gospel in the context of a story our story and God's story and how they mesh. And so that's why I love sharing my testimony and going right in the story. And I want you guys to repeat these, uh, these five points with me. It's important because if you get these five points in your head, then you can build it out on your own later. Uh, so it starts with creation. You guys say creation? creation. And then it starts with rebellion. rebellion. And then Jesus. Jesus. And then your choice. And then it's an eternal decision. We're, we're going to say this at least one more time. And then I'm going to kind of break some of it down. And it's just because repetition helps you remember it. So we want to start with creation. Rebellion. Jesus. Your choice. Eternal decision. And so in like 30, 45 seconds, I would, I would share with somebody like, we were actually created to have a relationship with God where we walk and talk with him throughout all of daily life. But at a certain point, man decided that they didn't want to do what God said and we rebelled against him and sin entered this world and it actually separated us from God. But because he's good and loving, he had a plan. He sent his son Jesus into the world. Now, Jesus lived not like us. He never, ever sinned. He lived the life we couldn't live, but he died the death that we deserved. Why? Because what we earned for every wrong thing we've done is eternal death. But this is the gift. You can acknowledge that you've gone apart from God. You could repent for every wrong thing you've done. And he'll not only forgive you, but he'll bring you into his family. You can trade that guilt, shame, condemnation and put on Christ. This is the choice you have to live with him or live apart from him. But no, it's an eternal choice. 
So what choice are you going to make? All of that's from Scripture. And so what I want to encourage you guys is to take time to, to write that out on your own. Figure out how to share the gospel on your own. And then go up to people and be like, hey, can I share a story with you? How many people would listen? Probably a lot. A lot of people listen to a story. In fact, we ran into some Indian students not too long ago. They'd been here six months and had never talked to a single person about Jesus. Guys, God is bringing the nations here. We have an opportunity to reach them because they're planning to go back. If we reach them here, they'll plant churches there. So they said they'd never heard the gospel. And I said, well, I'd love to give you the opportunity to hear it now so you can say you have. And then I just started sharing. And they were like, well, I've never heard this before. And so you guys have an opportunity to make the most of every interaction you have with people, to be light, to shine, and you'll have testimonies yourself of what God did when you stepped out because he's not going to shame you. So I want to encourage you a couple things. We have the state fair coming up. Uh, it's uh, September 8th through 17th, and we have a booth there so you can go and share the gospel. You'll get a shirt like this so people will know that they can come to you for prayer there's more training on how to do that as well if you sign up in the back. Um, but we'd love to have you come and spend a couple hours with us and share the gospel and get your feet wet and understand the role you get to play in being part of the kingdom. Uh, but the other thing too is don't leave without taking these books so you can pass these out to people. And then if you are looking for ways to start conversations with people, we have this sticker. It says this is illegal in 50 nations. Whether or not they click the QR code, it's a good conversation starter. Like, what, what's illegal? Well, I'm glad you said. Asked. You could talk about Jesus and the gospel and how it's illegal in 50 plus nations, but how if you give your life to Jesus, it will change everything. And so I want to encourage you, go on outreach today. If you are bold or extroverted, find someone who's not and take them with you. Open the door and then allow them to share. But take, take the time. If you're going to a restaurant, share with somebody. Seriously, say, hey, can I pray with you? We're going to pray for our meals. Is there anything you'd like prayer for? Super simple. But it will change a life. There is many times we've done that. We've seen the waiter or waitress start crying because no one does that. No one shows them that love. If you see somebody whose leg is bandaged or arms bandaged or something, just ask them, hey, can I pray for you? I believe God can do anything. And then see what he does. At the very least, they'll feel loved because you stopped and noticed them. You can't get it wrong if you show people love. So I want to encourage you, go today and then come back tonight and I want to, we'll share testimonies of what God's done while we went out and then we'll worship together and praise the one who saves, who saves and sets us free. Amen. Uh, I want to, you know, right if I, I pray and then, are we running out? Oh, we're running out of time. <laughs> yeah, so Father, I thank you. I thank you that I'm here before your sons and daughters. Lord, I just, I pray that we would understand who you are and who we are and what we carry. I pray for a holy boldness for each person here, God, that, that we would be so in love with you, so passionate about you, that we wouldn't care what it looks like, but that we would know the people in front of us need to know you. And so I pray for holy boldness. I pray for, for faith, for miracles and, and healings and, and prophetic words and things that demonstrate your, your kingdom and that you're real and want relationship with each one. 
So I just pray for holy boldness and uh, just a greater just uh, filling of your love to flow out of each person here. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's word. I hope that it continues to encourage you and bless you as you go about your day to day. Until then, we will see you next Sunday. Have a great week.